0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: If you travel, you know how to pull off a perfect getaway. You know after you enroll with your Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card, you get up to $10 back monthly on U.S. rideshare purchases with select providers, like a car to the airport. You know which remote retreats have the best herbal baths and where the Wi-Fi password is rarely used. Because you're the escape artist. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Terms apply. Purchases must be on card. Visit go.mx slash you know.
0: You are Locked On Cougars. Your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast
2: Network. Your team, every day.
1: You are locked on Cougars. Welcome into a Wednesday edition of the podcast. Hope you all are doing great out there in Cougar Nation. Plenty to get to ahead on today's episode. We are going to step away from football for just a little bit to talk some BYU basketball. The complete 2021 2022 season schedule has been revealed. What to make of the non conference schedule for the Cougars? And it's a doozy. We'll dig into that. We'll also talk about a new commitment to the BYU football program. Talon Togiai from Rigby High School in Rigby, Idaho. What to know about him? What position will he play at BYU? We'll dig into that. And we'll also catch up with BYU punter Ryan Rico. Booming punts. Over 50 yards per attempt right now on all of his kicks so far this season. What is the key to his success? Well, he'll attempt to explain it on today's show. Before we get going, a reminder for you guys that there's no better place to get all the Big 12 Conference news than our friends over at the Locked On Big 12 Podcast, hosted by Josh Neighbors. Follow Locked On Big 12 on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts, just like this one. All right, then, let's get rolling here on a Wednesday. This is the Locked On Cougars Podcast for September 15th, 2021. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. And a big thank you once again for your continued support of the podcast as always. It's an absolute privilege and an honor to be with you guys every single day. By way of introduction, if you guys are just checking us out for the first time, my name is Jake. I happen to work for the Zone Sports Network, as I previously mentioned, as the executive producer of DJ and PK in the Morning. But more importantly, I am here with you guys every single day On your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars, right here. And we love doing it. I love doing it. And I hope you guys enjoy it as well. A housekeeping item before we get rolling here. Congratulations to Dario Aguero. He won the tickets for the Arizona State game this weekend. I threw it out at the tail end of yesterday's podcast saying, okay, if you guys can tell me the stats from Ben Cahoon's performance against Arizona State in 1997, the first person to email me, Locked on BYU at gmail.com You will win the tickets And Dario Aguero I gotta give him credit Was quick on the trigger And he barely beat out A couple other listeners Who sent in responses Within minutes of one another If I'm not mistaken I believe it was six minutes uh, Between emails The initial email coming in from Dario Getting it right And then the next email Coming in shortly after that And they've kind of filtered in Throughout the day since then But a uh, big congratulations To Dario Aguero You will be attending This Saturday's game with a pair of tickets to watch the Cougars and the Sun Devils do battle, we'll give more tickets away. We do have a pair of season tickets here on Locked On Cougars for you, the listeners out there. And obviously, there's another home game next week. We'll t- talk about how to give away those tickets for the USF matchup at some point. Another late night kick, by the way, on the USF front. If you didn't see that news, it is going to be an 8:15 kickoff, just like this weekend. Albeit, it'll be either on ESPN U or ESPN Two, whereas this weekend's game is on the mothership ESPN. All right, now let's dig into everything else we need to know about BYU here. And let's start off on the basketball front. I know it's football season. You're probably thinking, okay, Jake, what are you doing? Why are you talking BYU basketball? Well, I think many of you out there and myself included have been waiting for BYU's non-conference schedule for the upcoming 2021-2022 season to come out. You wanted to see who BYU was going to be playing. Well, we finally got it. It was announced yesterday BYU officially announcing it, had a press conference uh, with Nick Robinson, who's kind of the scheduling coordinator for BYU. Also, new BYU wing, the most recent addition to the roster, Seneca Knight spoke, as well as Mark Pope, and they are very excited for the schedule, as they should be. Let me be clear about that. BYU will open up their exhibition season with one exhibition game on November 4th against Colorado Christian, and then they'll open up the season officially at home, November 9th, when they host Cleveland State at the Marriott Center, but it does not go easy on BYU in the non-conference schedule. After that Cleveland State game, BYU is a home game against San Diego State, and then they go up to the Moda Center in Portland, Oregon, the home of the Portland Trailblazers, to take on the Oregon Ducks in a high-profile matchup as part of the PK-80 tournament series. uh, Honors Phil Knight, Nike's founder. That's going to be a huge game against the Ducks. Then they come back home for a little bit of a breather against a University called Central Methodist. Never heard of it. I believe it's a Division II school. And then follow that up with a game against Texas Southern. But then they enter the gauntlet once again. They go to Utah on November 27th at UVU on December 1st. And then at Missouri State on December 4th. Missouri State, one of the better teams in the Missouri Valley Conference. A very, very sneaky tough game there. Uh, And then they come back home to face Utah State. Take on Creighton, I believe in South Dakota in another neutral site game play at Weber stand on December 18th. And then they wrap up non-conference play with a series out there in the diamond head classic over Christmas. They will play South Florida on December 22nd, then play either Vanderbilt or Hawaii on December 23rd. And obviously the final game on Christmas day will be determined as that tournament progresses, but a huge opportunity there at diamond head. And then finally the Cougars final non-conference game will come against a division two in-state foe, Westminster, on December 29th before they embark on West Coast Conference play. I think this is an absolutely stellar schedule, if I'm being frank. I think BYU has done things the right way. You have a bunch of what we call Quad 1 games, our Quadrant 1 potential wins, San Diego State, Oregon, Utah... Missouri State, Utah State, Creighton, uh, Weber State potentially also in there, and obviously South Florida, Vanderbilt, Hawaii, and then the third game there in Diamondhead. All those could be quad one caliber games at the end of the year, pending how those teams perform. And let me add here, just my personal thought on this is that BYU wants to make sure that they take care of themselves in terms of building their resume before West Coast Conference play begins. Now, as the Cougars prepare to make the jump to the Big 12, we all know that BYU will get more of the benefit of the doubt when they join maybe the premier college basketball conference with the revamped Big 12 in a couple of years. In the time being though, you do have to schedule up if you're BYU, and you have to be on your toes and ready to go. And Mark Pope actually addressed this very topic. He talked about the fact that they're moving into the Big 12 eventually, and it is going to be maybe the best basketball conference out there, but in the meantime time, BYU has to go about scheduling the right way to make sure that they have the resume come NCAA tournament time because we all know that outside of really St. Mary's and Gonzaga and in the off year, a San Francisco, a Pepperdine, whatever it might be, could be a decent opponent for BYU in WCC action, but overall, they don't carry the weight that really is necessary for BYU to make a leap up into the NCAA tournament. So, you got to obviously win in the non-conference and hope those teams that you beat in the non-conference slate go out and help you by h- having good seasons as well. So Mark Pope addressed it and let's, let you hear now what Mark Pope's thought is in terms of how BYU is going about their scheduling philosophy in the lead up to joining the Big 12 when things, in theory, should be a little bit easier.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're not shy to say this it. is the number one conference in the country. I mean, find me a metric that says anything different, right? Um, and so clearly it's going to change right now. Like I said, we're super simple. We're trying to find every single quad one game we can get because we don't have the luxury of being able to position them in the right place or give ourselves a cushion game between each quad one. We just don't have the luxury of doing that. It's so hard. Guys, it is it is it is super challenging uh, to schedule right now for us. And so. Um, right now we're just taking any tough game under any circumstances that we can possibly get that's going to be a big change you know with the big 12 we'll we'll, we're going to already have you know a whole host of I don't know what it's going to be 12 14 quad one games built into our into our regular season schedule and so we'll be able to kind of be a little bit more meticulous about how we choose things and and You know, make more sense of it, I think. We'll see.
1: There you have it, Mark Pope, and he is right. Once you join the Big 12, you're scheduling. You may not have to schedule as much because, in all honesty, you're going to be playing an absolute gauntlet every year in conference play. It's kind of the anti- West Coast Conference where it seems like the weak teams in the Big 12 will be the exception rather than the rule because you're going to be playing against the likes of Kansas, Oklahoma State, Houston, Texas Tech, It is just absolutely insane to think about the basketball side of the new Big 12 when BYU joins it in 2023. But I, for one, look forward to it. I know that college basketball doesn't hold the same weight that college football does in this day and age. But it's something I still enjoy watching from time to time. And when you get premier basketball play, well it's worth watching, and you're obviously going to see some top-level prospects playing in those games as well. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll flip gears, get back to football, talk about a new commitment to the BYU football program. Who is Talon Togiai out of Rigby High School? We'll dig into that in just a moment, and then later on on today's show, a conversation with BYU punter Ryan Rico. What goes into him absolutely crushing the football He'll explain just a little bit later on in today's podcast. Today's show, though, is brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online. Absolutely love this company. If you guys have any interest in getting into the sports betting world, you should do it with our friends at Bet Online. They are the number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. And with a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, betonline.ag continues to be the number one source for all things football. But in addition to that, basketball, baseball, and everything else in between head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Yes, that's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL 100. When you do so from football to basketball, to boxing right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available from our friends at bet online because they are your online sports book experts. We are brought to you today by our friends over at All Guard Pest Control. No matter what you guys have in terms of your needs for pest control services, I want you to contact our friends over at All Guard. Seth Barrett is the owner and proprietor of the company, and he's a massive BYU fan. He's become a dear friend of mine. He's been working with us here on the podcast for many, many years, but more importantly, he's actually taken care of my home in multiple instances when I've had different issues with regards to pests. No matter what it might be, residential or commercial, his team has the expertise, the know-how, and the manpower to make sure they can abate any problem you're facing. Whether it's ants, spiders, or vermin, or anything in between, they've got you guys covered. So reach out anytime. You can call them 801-851-1812. Make sure to mention the Locked On Cougars and Jake Hatchension. They'd be happy to take care of you guys. You also can go onto their new updated website and learn more about the f- issues you're facing with your pests by going to All Guard Pest Controls, yes with an S, All Guard Pest Controls, It's a really, really cool new interface they've got on their website. As I mentioned, if you have a spider's issue, you click on it, it'll tell you exactly what you're facing and stuff to keep an eye out for and obviously then you can make the appointment to have Seth and his team come out and take care of the problem for you. So once again, that's All Guard Pest Controls with an S AllGuardPestControls.com or call them 801-851-1812 Trust All Guard because I trust them. They take care of my home and they'll do the same for you. That's All Guard Pest Control, a proud partner with us here on Locked on Cougars Let's talk a little recruiting here on today's show. A new commitment to the BYU football program comes by way of Rigby High School in Rigby, Idaho. And that is 6'6", 290-pound prospect Talon Togiai. And he is a three-star prospect according to 24-7 Sports. The fifth-rated prospect out of the state of Idaho. And claimed offers from Nebraska and Utah in addition to BYU before picking the Cougars. I think this is actually a pretty savvy pickup in BYU's world. and I'll explain in a moment why I actually have more trust in BYU staff right now in recruiting than I ever have before. Uh, Let's start off with this, though. Talantogi, a guy who plays defensive line for Rigby High School, but there is some thought out there that he may make the transition over to playing offensive line just due to his measurables. When you're 6'6", 290 pounds, you sound like almost a prototypical offensive tackle. We'll see how he develops. But at least his background mainly is on the defensive front, but could develop into a pretty nice offensive lineman if he's able to make the transition successfully. I like his film; I watch it, and he plays with a mean streak. Obviously, you have to take the things with a little bit of grain of salt because uh, southeastern Idaho football is similar to I think the 3A or 4A level here in the state of Utah, and. I know Idaho listeners. I don't mean to denigrate. I'm just saying Rigby is not the same level as, let's say, a Corner Canyon down here in Utah or even an Alta that type of stuff. It's just it's a little lower level, so you do have to kind of evaluate uh, comparatively to what you think he translates to. But let me explain why I actually have more faith in BYU's staff right now in their recruiting efforts than ever before because. I really think Kalani Satake and his staff have narrowed in on looking for guys that they think they can mold into being standout players. Is BYU going to get more four and maybe potentially a five-star uh, type of player once they move into the Big 12? There is that possibility. Yes, there is that possibility that it may happen, but also, let's be clear about one thing, BYU also will have restrictions that still exist due to the honor code and due to people just deciding that Utah is not for them, plain and simple. Just coming to Provo, Utah does not appeal to them. I think BYU needs to continue to look for these under... I don't know how to say it, undervalued prospects and say, okay, you have measurables here. We think you can become a four- or five-star talent in time if you come through our program and our development. It's been proven that Kalani Satake and his staff have done a great job so far. That's evidenced by last year, 12 former Cougars got opportunities in the NFL, and we'll talk about how things went in week one of the NFL season for former Cougars and the pros before we go on today's show. But it's evidenced by the fact that those guys were guys, by and large, who were recruited by Kalani Satake. Some of them went on missions, some of them played straight through, that were developed by the staff. Some of them were two and three star talents, none bigger than, I think, uh, Brady Christensen. Brady Christensen was a Bronco era offer, but ultimately only played for Kalani Satake. Developed nicely, and it became a third round draft pick. I am giving BYU staff the benefit of the doubt with any player that they accepted a commitment from right now because... I think that they understand what they're looking for. They believe in their system. It's been proven that it's developing talent, and I can tell you this much, going into the next draft cycle, looking forward to next year, I know of at least four guys on BYU's roster that have been mentioned to me by NFL draft and uh, talent evaluators as guys they expect to either be picked up or be high-priority free agents at the very least in the next NFL draft cycle. That's just four, and there's no reason to think that more guys can't develop like that that so Anybody that BYU picks up right now, I am going to be high on and think, okay, BYU sees something, this staff sees something, and they believe in their development patterns because they have borne fruit recently, so you got to continue to do that. I do think you will see an uptick in terms of the overall star rating that BYU will attract once they join the Big 12, and you'll probably see that start to take an uptick over the next two recruiting cycles before they ultimately enter the Big 12 because they can recruit to it saying to a young man who may go on a mission, well, hey, you want a mission now? When you come home in two years, we'll be a member of the Big 12. That's why you should come join us. There's a lot of high level talent that are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints who, in the past, have turned their nose up at BYU ultimately because of the fact that BYU wasn't Power Five. They are now. So I think you will see that uptick in recruiting, but I also believe that BYU understands they will still face recruiting challenges and they need need to go find the guys like a talent togei and believe that they can go out and develop his skills and make him into the four-star talent versus him being rated as a three-star prospect. I'm a believer in it. I may be a fool for believing in it, but I think the track record for BYU currently with their staff and how they've gone about recruiting and developing guys it's hard to argue that they're not doing it the right way right now. Obviously, wins uh, say all, and hopefully more wins will give BYU more, uh, I guess, clout when it comes to going out and recruiting guys, but I really, really like what we're looking at right now from BYU, and congratulations to Talon It's always fun when you beat the Utes and Nebraska to bring in a kid, and hopefully he'll continue to develop up there in Rigby, and obviously once he shows up in Provo, he'll be able to become a player that BYU fans hope and expect he can become. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll wrap up today. Show with a conversation with Ryan Rico, BYU punter, and we'll also make sure we hit former Cougars in the pros. How did week one for them go? Well, if you saw Tyson Williams last night, some evidence that things went pretty well for former Cougars. We'll dig into all of that in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at Built Bar great company. Uh, Nick Greer and co over there at the Built Brands of Company have done a fantastic job and more importantly they're taking care of BYU football via name, image, and likeness deals they have rewarded all BYU players who have signed an NIL deal with at least $1,000 if they're a scholarship athlete and if you're a walk-on football player, your tuition is being paid for by the Built Brands of com- Built Brands Company and obviously Built Bar is just one part of that. Nine delicious, uh, what they call base flavors always have its seemingly a deal with one of their, what they call limited time flavors. The best part about Bilt Bars is they're extremely delicious. Covered in 100% chocolate, they're soft and easy to chew. They taste as close to a candy bar as you will get, and you will not believe how healthy they are for you guys along the way. So give them a shot. You can go to built.com right now, place your order, and while you're there, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. That's LOCKED15 at Bilt.com, support Built Bar, and support BYU football. In the process. All right, my friends, have you heard about Prize Picks? It is daily fantasy made easy. You guys should check this out. Prize Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. They offer more college football props than anybody in the world and offers all the star players of the Power 5 as well as mid-major players you may not have ever heard of. It's really simple what you do. You pick two to five players in an over-under on their projections, whether that's yardage, touchdowns, even interceptions thrown for a quarterback, and you can win up to 10 times back on any entry, and it's just you versus those numbers. You pick over under, folks. It's really, really simple. The best part is is Price Picks is not just limited to college football. They have all kinds of mixed sports out there, whether it's NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, soccer, MMA. They've got it all for you guys. You can do it online, or you can download their award-winning app on both the App Store or Google Play. Now, your entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy. And, of course, Price Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. So don't hesitate to go over to PricePicks.com or go to your app. Store and download the app today and give it a shot. That's prize picks, they are daily fantasy made easy. Alright, before we go here on this edition of Locked On Cougars, let's recap how week one in the NFL went for former Cougars in the pros before we get to our one-on-one conversation with Ryan Rico. Let's start off with Zane Anderson. He was activated from the practice squad to the active roster for the game. we number 39 for the season opener after wearing number 6 in the preseason and saw action on special teams for the Chiefs in their win over the over the who did they play? The, the Browns. Duh. 33-29 was the victory there. Sione Takitaka He played on the opposite side of that game. He played 22 defensive snaps and 14 snaps on special teams, had one tackle. In the loss there. On to other players Brady Christensen just played only four snaps uh, kind of a surprise for the Panthers in their win over the New York Jets but hopefully we'll see Brady as the season uh, continues to progress no stats obviously offensive linemen rarely see stats but obviously he did not only see in four snaps Zach Wilson on the losing side of that game played all 65 of the offensive snaps for the Jets as their starting quarterback finished the game 20 of 37 for 258 yards two touchdowns and one interception and by the way Both of the touchdowns he threw, very impressive. But the other thing that's concerning is that Jets' offensive line is awful. Six sacks, and Zach said after the game he felt like he got hit by a truck and... I don't blame him. He was getting peeled off of the turf, snap after snap. It really sounded like a, just a rough game for him. Other former Cougars, Jamal Williams, 32 offensive snaps for the Lions. Finished with nine carries and 54 yards and a touchdown. Also eight receptions for 56 yards. That's 110 total yards. He's been thought of as a potential dark horse fantasy guy. He's on my fantasy squad as a reserve running back. And I got to say, through week one, very impressed with what he did. Kyle Van Noy played 35 defensive snaps for the New England Patriots. Had one specialty. Team snap as well. Finished with three total tackles, two of them solo, one sack, one tackle for loss, one QB hit, and one pass defended for the Patriots in their narrow loss. To the Miami Dolphins, Fred Warner, another linebacker out of BYU, played 84 percent of the snaps, 77 of them for the 49ers in their win over the Lions. Finished uh, with 11 tackles, eight of them solo, as he and the 49ers beat Williams, uh, Jamal Williams, and the Lions. Kyrus Tonga started at nose tackle for the Chicago Bears. Played just 13 snaps and uh, on defense, six snaps on special teams. Recorded no official statistics in that game, but it's cool to see him living his dream. At as a seventh-round pick. Daniel Sorensen, uh, also I probably should mention him alongside Zane Anderson. He played all the defensive snaps for the Chiefs in their victory. Had two special teams snaps as well. Finished with four total tackles, two of them solo and one quarterback hit. Dax Milne played just two snaps in the Washington football team's game. Recorded no stats and there after making the active roster. Harvey Longy nine snaps on special teams, no stats uh, for the Patriots in their win. Taysom Hill played 22 snaps as the backup quarterback and also played one snap on special teams he was one of one passing for three yards two rushes for one yard and we all saw what Jameis Winston did five touchdown passes Very impressive for him. And let me see if I make sure I got everybody else. Oh, two more players here. Michael Davis played 53 snaps, 96% of them on defense. Had five snaps on special teams for the Chargers. Totaled four total tackles, all of them solo. And then finally, Tyson Williams played 51% of the offensive snaps and finished with nine carries for 65 yards. Scored that touchdown against the Las Vegas Raiders and also added three receptions for 29 yards. It is really, really cool to see Tyson Williams being a star. Harding running back, being a rotation running back for an NFL team, especially considering all the injury concerns he dealt with during his college career, but congratulations to him, and congratulations to all of the former Cougars out there getting it done in the NFL. We'll continue to update you guys week by week as the season progresses, and hoping to see better performances for certain guys, and hopefully just kind of continuing doing what they do from others. Alright, time now to catch up with Ryan Rico, BYU punter, a guy who absolutely just won to pummel the cover off of that football every time he kicks it. You've probably seen him pummel it uh, this season through two games so far. Had a great opportunity to catch up with him. So without further ado, here you go. Ryan Rico with myself right here on Locked On Cougars. First things first, how are you a 6'5", 230-pound punter?
2: Uh, that's a great question. I think a lot of it has to do with playing soccer growing up. And then, uh, I don't know, just following in my older brother's footsteps. He, he kind of did the same thing. He was a big, big athletic kid, played basketball growing up, and we always just kind of had strong legs in soccer. So, made the switch in high school and haven't looked back since.
1: I know your older brother was an All American at Idaho, went on to spend some time in the NFL, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, how has he helped you in your time at BYU develop into a better player overall? Man, I think.
2: I think he, he's really been a, a huge part of everything, both he and my dad. Um, but I mean, with Austin, whenever I'm back home in Spokane or uh, we're in town together, wherever it may be, uh, he's always just giving me some pointers. We're always going out competing. and I mean, he's, he's a great person to compete with. He had a lot of success and um, he knows just the ins and outs of punting and the technique and everything. So uh, it's it's just a huge help to have that not only close, but as a family member,
1: as a best friend, too. What is he up to since his playing days, I think, are over now?
2: Yeah, so he's uh, he's actually in chiropractic school out in Portland. Um, he's about almost halfway through the program, about a year and a half in. And, uh, I mean, he's still staying, still staying up on his kicking whenever an opportunity might come up. But, uh, no, he's really focused on his academics, and he's doing a great job down there.
1: Very cool. It's good to hear. Uh, So I think a lot of people, when they see you, their their first thought probably isn't, okay. this is BYU's punter. Is is that kind of the reaction you get from most people when you meet them?
2: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's always fun for me because. I mean, it's I don't know, it feels great. It's like I could blend in with a lot of guys on the team and we got some studs out here. So to be able to fit in is definitely a definitely a ego booster and confidence booster for sure.
1: You played other positions in high school, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right?
2: Uh, I played tight end my freshman year, but really it was uh, stay healthy during football season to kick, and then I was more of a basketball player growing up, so that
1: was kind of my focus. Okay, so so you're so you're hoops guy. Uh, so obviously, I know there are some guys on that on BYU's team who consider themselves pretty good basketball players. Do you think you can hang with any of them?
2: Uh, yeah, I definitely say so. I, we we've gone up and played a couple times and. I think we're all a little rusty just because, obviously, that's not the focus. But, no, you can definitely tell who's, who's got the basketball IQ and stuff whenever we go out and play. So it's, it's a lot of fun. Well,
1: let's talk a little bit about how this season has gone so far. I think most people have been stunned by your ability to really pin opponents back. And, obviously, that's your job as a punter. But what goes into that? Do the coaches tell you how big of a punt they want on any given play? Or is it something that you just go out there and try and boot it as high and far as you can?
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously there are certain situations where um, you're kind of trying to put more touch on the ball. Uh, I, I'd say when we're when we're a little closer to midfield or inside, um, you're really looking to pin teams back inside the the fifteen ten yard line. Um, but I mean, behind that, it, it really is just hit a big ball. Obviously, you want your hang time to kind of match up with the distance because you don't want to be out kicking your coverage. So. The, the coaches are awesome just in the fact that they they aren't too specific. Um and they, they take a lot of pressure on themselves to get our coverage deep right uh to be able to really just, just cover whatever ball I put out there. But um definitely we work on it a lot during practice and there is a lot that goes into it. But uh no when, when we're when we're kind of pinned deep in our own territory, it's just get it out there and let's try and switch the field.
1: You have ten punts so far on the season. If I'm mistaken, a grand total of 506 yards. That's an average of 50.6 yards per punt. That's pretty dang impressive.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll take that. That's a that's a cool feeling to have for sure.
1: Uh, obviously, you mentioned the fact that hang time is a critical thing as a punter. What is the ideal hang time for you? Is is there a certain like a number of seconds you want it to be in the air?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think for me, I I aim to have over five. I mean, that's that's easier said than done, but. Um, I I definitely know that I'm capable of it, but no, definitely shooting for for five or higher. Usually, it's more around four, seven, four, eight.
1: Well, that's that's still very impressive. Are we going to see you take off on a fake punt at some point this season, potentially?
2: <laughs> uh, if it's a blowout, I think I've learned my lesson not to do that. But sure. uh, <laughs> no, I mean, if there's a situation, I think we we always have some things, but. It, it really just depends on what the coaches want and uh, whatever we've kind of been prepping for that week. So it's kind of any given week, we just have to see what they're giving us.
1: Does that mainly come from Coach Lamb or is there somebody else working with you?
2: Uh, Yeah, it's usually Coach Lamb and, and uh, Coach Gavin Fowler. They're kind of the ones that are uh, with us each week and um, just really working on identifying what the the opposing team is giving us and then building a game plan around that.
1: Okay. Uh, so I got two more questions for you. One of them, in terms of you guys as specialists, you have a little different life as a football player. I know you guys do the workouts and that type of stuff, but practice for you guys by and large is a lot of waiting until they're like, all right, special teams, get out here. Is that essentially how it goes? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's definitely a lot different.
2: I mean, sometimes we get some crap for it, but I mean, they they know that we're working, we're, we're perfecting our craft. Um, it is, it's just a little different than every other position. So it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. I mean, we definitely enjoy kind of the schedule and the way practice works, but it's, it's unique, definitely.
1: Awesome. Last thing for me, I, I believe you served your mission in England. Is that correct? That is correct. So you mentioned the fact you're a soccer fan. So was that like heaven for you to go over there and be in the heartland of English soccer?
2: Oh, man, that was a, that was a huge blessing. I remember telling my dad... I had like long before I didn't my papers
1: I was like, Man, it'd be cool to serve
2: in England. I didn't mention it after that, but uh yeah, when I opened up that mission called England London mission, I was uh I was on Cloud Nine and actually being over there and just being around those those fans, those people. Yeah, it was it was just the best experience.
1: Was what was the most unique thing you ate in London? The most
2: unique? Oh shoot. I I ate some uh I, think I ate some chicken heart. Okay. It, it was at a Chinese restaurant. It was it was definitely a little different. England is just so diverse in the food they got, but I'd say that was kind of the weirdest in my opinion. But it actually wasn't bad.
1: As a guy who served his mission in uh, Taiwan, so Chinese speaking, I can tell you this much, chicken hearts are, are, are like a staple. So I, I, I get yeah. that. I get that. Absolutely. Who's your English Premier League club, by the way? That's the last thing I wanted to ask you.
2: It's it's funny I supported them since 2010 so it wasn't actually in London but uh Man United is definitely my team.
1: All right, so you happen to have CR7 back?
2: Oh. When when I saw that was happening me and uh me and Jake Aldridge were both Man United fans so we were we were buzzing about that. It was awesome.
1: Awesome. Well, Ryan, thanks for taking some time. Appreciate you doing it and look forward to catching up with you down the road, okay?
2: Absolutely. Appreciate it, Jake.
1: There you go, Ryan Rico, BYU punter, and a big thank you to him for taking the time to speak with me right here on Locked On Cougars. Really interesting to hear him talk about his experiences over there in London. Uh, He's a really big punter. I think I mentioned he was 6'5". I know BYU's roster lists lists him at 6'6". He does not look anything like your prototypical punter, and I don't know what prototypical punters look like, but Ryan Rico, in my opinion, he could be playing tight end. He could be playing forward for the BYU basketball program. You mentioned the fact that he's a basketball player. He's a really, really dynamic athlete, and what he does with the football off of that foot, it's like a howitzer when it comes off. I was sitting there in the press box on Saturday night watching him against Utah, and he uncorked, I think it was, what, a 68-yarder that made the end zone from the opposite 30-yard line, it felt like. Just an absolute bowl it and that ball just took off really really cool to see him uh hone his craft and obviously comes from a very long line or a pretty successful line of kickers and punters in the rico family so congratulations to him once again and a big thank you to him for also taking the time to speak with us here on locked on cougars all right a little over time on today's show but a big congratulations once again to dario aguero he won those tickets uh by the way ben Cahoon's stats in those games Eight receptions, 219 yards, and stunningly enough, no touchdowns along a 39 in that game. He torched the Sun Devils that night. He deserved to be in the end zone, but... So be it, 1997, a really, really cool game. And I figured that'd be kind of a fun way to give away tickets. Like I said, we'll also find a new way to give away tickets next week for that USF matchup a week from Saturday night. All right, that's it for today's show. Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, at LockedOnCougars. My personal Twitter feed, if you want more of my thoughts on sports in general and BYU, follow me at Jacob C. Hatch. And as always, questions, concerns, comments, advertising inquiries, please feel free to reach out to us, Locked on BYU at Gmail com is the email address all right that'll do it have a great day this has been the locked on cougars podcast for september 15th 2021 and we will talk to you guys manana